Well, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. And to be honest, I feel already so blessed to be here. Uh, and I want just to take a few seconds to, um, yeah, to make sure you know how blessed you are for having this place, for having these pastors, this leadership, um, doing this and preparing uh, everything for you to ooh, experiment God. Um, just having breakfast with people from around, from so many different places and, and seeing what's happening and hearing the talks and, and seeing how God moves through so many different languages and cultures and nationalities. So it's really a blessing to be here. Thank you for having me. Gabby already introduced my, my whole family, so I was going to do that. Tiago was really sad that he couldn't make it. He's preaching at our church at Vida Lisboa. Sarah, our, our oldest daughter, she was meant to come, but she's serving at Kids Church. And just yesterday, she was like, oh, no, I forgot I was on the rota. So she couldn't come, but Sofia is here representing the rest of the family. Well, in Simon, we thought it would be better that he would have someone to take care of him. Right, let's go to the word. How many of you... Do, do like to run? Just a few. Running. Run. A few. Okay. Did you know that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of different races around the world? And it goes from different places uh, with different preparations. You have races in the sea, in the water, you have on the mountains, you have inside the most unthinkable places like museums or shops. I have some friends in England, they used to do as a family a race at Ikea. I, I, I keep thinking of doing that with my family, but then I'm like, mm, not sure how Ikea people would uh, relate to that. Uh, but there are so many different types and kinds of races. Um, do we have the pictures? Yes. So here's an example. I, I took four examples just searching for different races around the world. This is the Sahara Marathon. Can you imagine running in this kind of um, ambience with the heat? I mean, just running here in Lisbon is so difficult. I can't imagine how it would be to run in a desert. Then we have the Siberian Marathon. Again, extreme conditions. How would you run over the ice. I, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> we were talking about this race. What, what is it? Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling Race. And basically, they throw a cheese, and the first one to get to the cheese, the big cheese, they will win. But they get injured doing that. It's crazy, crazy. But apparently, it's meant to be fun. Pedro loves to see how people get... <laughs> Well, their faces when they, they're doing it. And last one, my favorite, wife carrying championships. Who knew about this one in Finland? <laughs> so you have all sorts of different crazy races around the world. Myself, I've given it a go last year, January, we were on lockdown. And I thought, I've always said my whole life, I'm not into races. I hate running. I don't get the thing that putting one feet after the other at a speed and your heart just feels like it will come out of your mouth. So I gave it a go. Thank you, Ruben. <laughs> it 
because you're married to someone that loves running, but you understand me. But I gave it a go still. Uh, and I did it for two months, uh, but it didn't work out. Maybe if it was some kind of this race, maybe this, maybe not. <laughs> Thinking bad about it. Um, I still tried it, but likes apart. So whether you like it or not, the truth is the Bible talks a lot about races. Uh, we actually have the comparison uh, in the several passage, passages in the Bible that compare our Christian life to a race. Okay, so I would like you to close your eyes for a few seconds and think about your life as a race. How would your race look like? Would it be a marathon? Would it be in the water? Would it be in the mountain? Would it be inside a place? Would it take long? Would it be a sprint? How would your life, if it was a race, look like? What kind of race would it be? And you can open your eyes. I hope you got some pretty nice images of your life running. And I would like us to read through Hebrews 12, 1. And this will be our main passage that we will be reading this morning. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. For us. So the title of my message today is Run Your Race. Just, or don't just stand there. Don't try to run someone else's race. Don't be a spectator, but let's run our own races. As the verse says, the race that is marked out for you. So we'll be taking a look to this in this verse and we'll take four lessons. Okay, four lessons this morning, four quick lessons that we take out of the, this verse. First one, the verse starts saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. First lesson, surround yourse yourself, and Gabby was actually mentioning, mentioning it, with witnesses. Surround yourself with witnesses, faith-filled faith-filled witnesses. And this verse actually comes in the follow-up to Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 um, talks, uh, reports a number of people who have chosen the faith and therefore they have reached the end of the race. We actually sang about some of them this morning. So on the back of Hebrews 11, that mentions a lot of people that were faith-filled and therefore they reached the end of the race, um, we have this one saying, surround yourself with witnesses. Uh, and witnesses prove that something happened, right? That's possible. They prove the veracity of the facts. In court, we need uh, witnesses to prove something actually happened. So witnesses will help us when doubt arises. And I don't want to bring bad news, but let me tell you, doubts will arise. When we are running our race, doubts will certainly arise. Is it really this way? 
Is it on this timing? Will I ever come to an end? Will I endure it? So in order to help me understand when doubts arise, I need to have good witnesses, faith-filled witnesses around me. So make sure you get some good witnesses around. Um, in Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Noah set an ark. By faith Abraham obeyed. By faith Moses crossed the Red Sea. Hebrews 11.33, and I will read that one, says, Through faith they subdued kingdoms, practiced righteousness, obtained promises, closed the mouths of lions, extinguished the violence of the sword, weakness was turned to strength. So all these accounts are proof that faith has brought them to an end. Not necessarily to achieve their promises, and just to um, manage expectation, um, not, not every, um, the completion of the race does not necessarily imply the fulfillment of promises and dreams. What the, the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 actually did was that, and it says in Hebrews 11:39, now all of these who have obtained the good witness for their faith have not obtained the fulfillment of the promise. So actually, prevailing, remaining, obeying, persevering is far more important to God than actually the fulfillment of the promise or the dreams that we have. And promises and dreams are important and are there for something, but we um, need to focus and make sure that we surround ourselves with people that despite the outcome, despite of reaching the end or not, they'll stick um, faithfully to the end. They will remain. They will be by your side and saying, it is possible. Keep going. Don't quit. Just make sure you have these faith-filled people around you. Okay, so number one, um, get yourself around some faith-filled People, surround yourself with witnesses. Number two, untangle yourself. The verse goes on and says, Let also lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles. I mean, there is no much boring task than entangling, well, than having entangled wires, whether it be cables, necklaces. Christmas lights. How many of you do take the Christmas lights out of the Christmas tree, roll them up quite well, and then one year after, I don't know what happens inside of these boxes or inside of a drawer, but we put them one way, and then when we take them out, they are all entangled. I, I don't get it. I don't, don't understand how it happens, but it happens all the tri time. And the truth is that something embarrassed hardly serves its purpose. If something is embarrassed, entangled, it will, it will be limited. So bear in mind, what limits your movements limits your purpose. I will say it again. What limits your movements when you're entangled, it will limit your purpose. An uh, entangled Christmas light won't serve its purpose to be around the Christmas tree. It needs to be, oh my, this word in English, 
untangled, entangled, untangled. It needs to be untangled first. Um, so we have to ask to ourselves, what is entangling me? What is limiting my purpose? What is somehow uh, putting as well some extra weight on me? Because the verse also says, says, lay aside every weight. And you know what? It's so easy to get used to extra weight. It's so easy to keep running, to keep living with weight that doesn't belong to us. If we look at high competition athletes, you will notice that they take care of every single details and weight is a big one. So they will make sure that the clothes they are wearing to run or to swim or to do whatever it is, they are not heavy, they are quite light. They even they shave their hair, so it, it, it's, well, probably not because of the weight, but it's somehow, well, maybe it is, I don't know. But they take care of, of these kind of details, and weight plays a big role. Um, not to mention the lifestyle and the preparation that goes into it. First Corinthians 9.25, Paul also mentions this image of a race, and it says, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. So they take care of every single detail and weight is a big one. The weight you carry defines the speed at which you run. So get rid of all the weight. Let me tell you, there's weight you're carrying that's not yours to carry and will only hinder you to run your race. Things as hurt, unforgiveness, shame, past things, overthinking, Overthinking is a big one. Um, and to be honest, I believe we are called to live a light life, a light faith, a simple faith. In Matthew, verses, well, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So make sure that you're not distracted, that you're not carrying uh, extra weight on your race, that you're not carrying, actually, other people's weight to make sure that, um, well, other people's weight and expectations Others' expectations might be a weight on you to be focused on your race. So get rid of uh, extra weight and entangle, untangle, untangle yourself. Number three, we'll go on with the verse. Run with perseverance. Perseverance, this hard thing. Perseverance means persisting in persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Persevering is the ability not to give up. It's the ability to keep going. And the parents here will understand when I say that it's very easy to hold a child, a four kilo, five kilo baby, it, feels, it doesn't feel that heavy. But after a few minutes, after a few hours maybe, 
of carrying a five kilo baby, it will look it will look like it will feel like the baby is now weighing double as much, probably 10 kilos. The, the arm will go numb. I don't feel it anymore. So persevering is actually the ability, the ability not to give up even when it gets hard, when we are t tired, when we can no longer see the way ahead. Persevering, persevering implies good rhythm management. Good rhythm management. I don't know about you, but I more of a sprint person. Even though I don't like running, I'd rather do a sprint than a whole marathon. Because I, I really like in life to roll up my, my sleeves, get the things done, see the results quickly. I don't like the long run of things. But actually, the Christian life and life itself, it's way more comparable to a marathon. Okay? It requires this perseverance that the author of Hebrews speaks to us. It requires a good management of our energy and our time. And there it is. I like intense workouts. I like to jump the rope. I, I like quite intense movements and, and doing things quickly. But in the long run, I can't keep that pace in the middle and long term. So I'm forced to have to understand the rhythms and the dynamics in order to be able to keep the race going. And in the Bible, we, f we find so many different verses that talk about persevering, persevering, persevere in prayer, in Romans 12, 12. Prayer is so important and will hold you and will keep you maintaining your race. Persevere in the words, know the word, feed yourself with the word, says in James 125. Persevere in community and in breaking the bread, Acts 2.42. And James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. So perseverance is actually a sign of maturity. And it's about making it and don't quitting when we are meant to be running our race. Let us run with persevering the race marked out for us. This is my last lesson. The race marked out for us. Run your race. Another translation says... Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. And we do live in the age of influence. And we were mentioning it in the beginning with the witnesses of, of the faith. And influence can be, be good. But living in the age of influence of the copy-paste of the virtual lives also has a very dark and dangerous side to it. The world of comparisons, the world of pressure, I need to be that, I need to do that, I need to show that, I need to produce. So there is so much and such a heavy expectation put on us. Running a race because of someone's ex expectation can turn into a tragedy in our lives. So there is a race that is meant to be run by you. We are not meant to run 
someone else's races. We are not meant to run the race that my parents thought I, would, I should be running, the, the race that my friends, my colleagues should, I should be taking. I'm meant to run the race that is marked out for me by God. So remember the way we started? There are hundreds and thousands or thousands of types of races. The rules are different. The preparation is different. What you wear, what you take to the race, what you bring to the race is completely different. So if we think of someone that actually is such a good swimmer, has prepare, prepared to, to do a race in a swimming pool or in the sea, has the, what it takes to be swimming, but decided, decides to go with what he has, what she has, to go into the mountain where the temperatures are negative, where actually the, the way a resistance works is completely different. He would be so frustrated, right? So, and that's when we do that in the spiritual, when we are created, are meant, are wired to run a specific race, but we decide to follow someone else's expectation on, or someone else's races or the race we would like to go, we will be and have to deal with frustration. Uh, we will um, probably not make it because we are not following the race that is marked out for us. Actually, Jesus himself was impelled by his brothers to go to Judea to make himself known. Let's read in John 7, 3 to 6. And it says, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. I mean, people around us, our brothers, our family, our friends, they have strong opinions. Even Jesus' brothers had strong opinions. You should do that. If you want to be a public figure, just go that way. But see what Jesus replies. Verse 6. Therefore Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. This is an answer from someone who knew, who knew, his race and timings very well. How many of us have, he have heard, do it like this, do it that way. And advice is good and we should be taking advice. The Bible also talks about it. But when, um, when we are talking about your race, let's keep our advices and let's get our advice first from, from Jesus, the actual author of the race we are running. So understanding and accepting your race and what your time is will lead you to a place of peace and security. So let's make sure, okay, going back, surround yourself with faith-filled witnesses, being it friends, being someone you read about, your pastors, your leadership, but make sure you have around you faith-filled people that will uh, bring you and, and be by your side. Number two, untangle yourself. Get rid of all the extra weight that you might be carrying. Number three, persevere. Don't quit when it gets too hard. Just make sure we, you stay on track. Number four, run your race, race, the one that is marked out for you. And to conclude, I would like to go to the second verse, the, the verse that comes after, well, the first <laughs> 
Hebrews 1, yeah, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The only way you can run your race is when you have your eyes on Jesus. Actually, the race is all about him. It's all about what he has prepared for you, the race that he has dreamt for you. Um, Paul actually mentions in, in Corinthians another verse that talks about running the race, that we should keep our eyes on the prize. And the prize will be eternity with Jesus. The prize will be a life forever next to him, where there is no pain, where there is no... Um, no shame. So let's run our race. Let's run the race that is marked out for you with our eyes constantly put on Jesus. And then we'll be able to say, I fought the good fight. I completed my career and I kept the faith. Amen? Amen. Can we pray? Jesus, thank you that you are good. Thank you for this amazing life that we are able to live by your side. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for preparing the way for us. And help us, Jesus, to have our eyes put on you. That we'll fix our eyes on you and that we'll commit to run the race that is marked out for us. I pray for each person in here this morning. You know the doubts, you know the frustration, you know when we are willing to quit, to give up. I pray that you will give them strength. I pray that you will give them vision, that you'll give them what they need to run the race that is marked out for each one of us. I pray that we'll take good care of what you entrusted us i pray that we will commit our lives to serve you serving others that we will love others still when we are running our race that we won't be just focused on us but we will take care make sure that we'll bring others on the race with us as well and that we'll keep to the end making sure that you are the prize in Jesus' name.